I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of the Cult Popshow podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, get up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, give us something to talk about in the post-credit scenes at the end of each episode, or even contribute to the discussion in the episode itself, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash Richard, 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 you sick son of a bitch. We're back here again. Welcome. Bonjour. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. Or should I say, thank you for doining us. Oh, doing, doing. <laughs> Welcome to Film Franchise Fortnite on the Cold Popture Podcast, everybody. I'm AJ, joined by Richard. This is a podcast where we cover a different film franchise every fortnight. And this fortnight, we covered something a little bit French. Mm, uh, this is not, but not, not, not our first French uh, exploration mm, on the show. The, Lady um, and the Tramp. The Lady and the Tramp, of course. I'm, of course, referring to Lady <laughs> and the Tramp. Um, a series I'm pretty sure set in like New York. <laughs> I don't think that's there's a Parisian scene. Is there? Yeah, I guess it's the, a, um... the famous scene is at the Parisian restaurant, isn't it? Although they do, Wouldn't they are an ex- Italian. Pischetti, so, um, yeah. yeah, who knows? And that's the thing is that like no one will ever know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this this fortnight we were given from our lovely patrons the adventures of Antoine Doinel, or as we soon found out, Duanel, because of course it's Duanel. Antoine has O I in it, and we pronounce that fine. We get to Doinel, and we're like, yeah, yeah, that's how it'll be pronounced, Doinel. <laughs> this French, the most beautiful language ever. It's like, yeah, it's Antoine. Antoine Doinel. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was that would be wrong. I just mm. how much well, more fun I... is Doinel to say though? That's true. That's true. Uh, well, the Adventures of Anton Doinel refer to four and a half movies directed by Francois Truffaut. Francois, you want to give it a go? How would you say Francois Truffaut? Yeah, Francois. Um, he directed them between 1959 and 1979 and followed the life and times of the titular character Antoine Duanel, portrayed in all five uh, or four and a half films by Jean-Pierre Lourd, uh at pretty different stages of his life in what is, I guess, a proto-before trilogy or a proto-boyhood in a lot of ways. Mm. It's very clear that um, a lot of directors... A lot of directors were directly inspired. Uh, uh, doing heads. A lot of uh, doing heads, absolutely. Um, the film includes uh, the films include the influential French New Wave film, The Four Hundred Blows, in 1959. The short film Antoine and Colette, which was part of a larger 1962 anthology film called Love at Twenty, in which Truffaut was joined by directors. Uh, 
Andrzej Wadja, Renzo Rossellini, Shintaro Ishihara, and Marcel Ophuls, um, all from different countries, and each who contributed a love story from a different part of the world. So I didn't watch any more of Love at 20, but it sounds pretty cool. It's like cool it's idea, like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So then we've got uh, Stolen Kisses in 1968, Bed and Board in 1970, and Love on the Run in 1979, all of which chronicle Antoine's journey into adulthood and the tragically misguided ways in which he sabotages all of his relationships. Mm. Uh, like many of, uh, like many franchises we find ourselves covering these days, um, The Adventures of Antoine Donnell was the result of like a year-long campaign from uh, patron Dave Cross, who I'm sure will appreciate a shout out because he was going ham suggesting this every fortnight shut up about it he said he would send (laughs) me a postcard if it won and then do you know what didn't give him my address (laughs) Um, he mentioned a few times when he would suggest that he wanted to hear more episodes about filmy films like we did for um, the three colors trilogy or Mm. the before trilogy and while antoine donnell i think has a few more ups and downs this is definitely a franchise that is one of those that's like buzzing with authenticity and craft francois truffaut one of the uh, best directors ever made (laughs) uh, whose films of which i've seen include these five and no others Mm. so it began with the uh lauded uh 400 blows in 1959 this was francois truffaut's directorial debut Mm. and is widely considered his best film and one of the best films of all time uh which would bum me out to be honest with you if my first if my debut feature was i think romantic getaway is your best well that's not a feature film Mm. you gotta wait till i it's make also, a feature it's also film not your best it's also not my best <laughs> it's also not my debut short film either yeah. um what do you think this has what do you think the 400 blows has on ron to 98 percent go higher bro 99 99 wow it is 400 percent um on ron tomatoes what is the 400 blows about which isn't an easy question to answer when usually our answers are like it's about a bunch of teenagers who are running around in a maze and the world's ended <laughs> usually you know? that's my answer well they're usually that caliber of film yeah, you, you know? usually that's my answer and it took what like six years to actually be relevant to the film <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it's a this. It's about this little boy, um, and he's he, he's, had like 300, he's had three hundred. He's had three hundred three hundred ninety nine blows so far, mm. and this kind of details his four hundredth. And <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's a misunderstood adolescent in Paris, and mm. it's it, yeah, it sort of just kind of split into two halves one is just like he's struggling at school he struggles with his parents and stuff and then he gets sent to like a uh a, a observation center for troubled youths it's called mm. and mm. yeah it's just it's one of these sort of i guess probably more relevant for the well i mean it's still relevant now but like relevant for the time about this um the system not supporting people yeah. who are different um yeah which yeah. obviously is still a very prescient well, issue yeah crazy a 1959 film talks about like yeah. such a relevant thing and but i feel like i say that quite a lot i feel like i'm always watching old films these yeah. days and being like god this was an issue back then as well that's crazy mm. yeah so uh what did you think of it what did you think of the 400 blows so i've been wanting to watch this movie for a while it's in my um 
I've actually just, after watching the film, went back through my copy of A Thousand and One Movies to See Before You Die. It's got yeah. a, a checklist at the front of it that I did, you know, some years ago and then did again oh, cool. a few years later. And just so it's just fun to, you know, that I forget about it for like five years at a time. Mm. And they go through mm. and I checked off maybe, you know, 40 new ones just the other uh, oh, cool. couple of days ago. Yeah, so and I, I there's there's a childish Gambino lyric that refers to it. Um, let me pull it up. It's in that power, which is the final song on Camp, which I uh, listened to the other day. I messaged you about this, and it it was it's so strongly linked to a time in my life, the album Camp when it first came out, that I put it on when I was at the supermarket, and it actually freaked me out. Because it actually just transported me to a different time so mm. clearly that I was like, I actually can't listen to this because it's too freaky. Mm. Mm. Uncool, but lyrically, I'm a stone cold killer. So it's 400 blows to these true foe. Ah, oh, very clever. Donald. But uh, yeah, using true foe as like real fake true foe as in fake um, oh i thought as in like friend or foe like my true e- my ultimate enemy my arch nemesis i think it's pro- it probably has multiple meetings oh, there we go. just like the works of francois yeah and so um i i actually i had no idea what the film was about it's, it's this weird thing where i didn't realize and this is this is sound this is gonna sound stupid i knew the final shot of the film which is this famous shot of like a young boy looking into the camera and i knew that he was (laughs) and i guess i knew that he was the main character of the film i didn't realize the film was about a young kid like for some reason those two things never occupied my mind at the same time and so i always assumed the 400 blows was like a french crime film or like a Mm. noir or it does sound like that whatever and then so to find out that it was actually like yeah and i found out a wee wee while ago that it's like this coming of age french new wave film like it piqued my curiosity and you know when dave started suggesting it for the patreon looking into it i was like yeah i've been wanting to cover my boy doing for a while now and yeah it is one of those i you there's a few things you can go through when you watch one of the greatest films of all time quote mm. and some of them it's like uh, i'll give an example like 12 angry men is one that i watch and i'm like this shit is fire <laughs> you know like mm. that i watch and i'm like yeah this still is one of the greatest films of all time there's some that you're like oh this just like does not do it for me this just does not hold up at all i can anymore. give you examples yeah. I'll give you an example. I reckon I've got to be like the world's leading, and we've covered this on the podcast, the world's leading hater of the Seven Samurai. I just mm. never want to watch it again. <laughs> I've only ever seen, this is probably why, I've only ever seen it twice. Once because I had to watch it for my movie club that I was running for a mm. couple of years and no one else watched it and no one else talked about it and it felt like a fucking waste and I had to like devote three hours of my time to watching it and once for the podcast which I, re- I don't know if you remember I really didn't want to watch mm. it and we watched it together actually yeah. at your parents house yeah. um, and like it's just it's one of those these movies where it's like everything this is influenced is great mm. except maybe The Magnificent Seven but <laughs> watching the, the actual watching the actual movie it's just it, it didn't offer anything new to me at least when I last watched it and maybe mm. I have a bit more appreciation for yeah. the craft of filmmaking now mm. but but 
contrastingly, 12 Angry Men, Casablanca, these are, you know, best movie of all time, trademark that I agree with. But something like The 400 Blows, I am like, it's somewhere in the middle where it's like, yeah, I can see why you take away the last 65 years of movies. I can see why this is the best of all time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's there's obviously still going to be this this attachment to it from mm. filmy people and mm. you know a lot of directors consider it one of their favorite films and I think the fact that it's about a child is kind of also a little unique but mm. that it's yeah, I don't know. It, it it didn't I was hoping this series would like really really grab me like the Three Colors trilogy did or like before sunrise mm. did but yeah i was just like oh yeah i i get this i get it you know yeah yeah but i i think yeah, yeah I, I was think- i was just never quite got in by the trials and tribulations of Ant anton doyle yeah well because it's it's one of these movies where like if i was to show like a friend of mine who wasn't into movies if i was to show them like I 12 know. angry men no 12 angry <laughs> men i think they would enjoy it mm. if you showed this to someone today like just a basic person yeah. i think they'd be like this isn't about anything there's yeah, nothing yeah. happens mm. you know and and that's iron man yeah where's iron man gone um he was here a minute ago <laughs> uh, i think like to me um i liked it and i can I, I i feel like it's a movie that would i would find more enriching if i um the longer i've stayed with it i think and, yeah, yeah, sure. and seeing it as like a movie about like the the failure of the system to look after our children is is very interesting to me and well after french children yeah right? that's true <laughs> and watching the rest of the series the 400 blows uh hangs over these movies both in the sense that they're not as good as the 400 blows wow. and <laughs> that it's um, it's also like the series is about something completely different that's true but what i guess i'm saying is like it provides a context to the character of Antoine Duanel that makes those movies better than they would be yeah, if true, this true. movie didn't exist, you know, because you understand who he is. And so, if anything, this is kind of a perfect franchise to cover for film franchise Fortnite, right? Because mm. it is about a franchise. Like, it is about a... It is... It only... You can watch The 400 Blows and that can be the only one you watch, but if you watch the whole series, it is a series that is so beholden to its sequels, both to come and mm. the movies before it in a way that that's that's that was more so than i expected because when i started well, i'm not jumping ahead yet but when i started stolen kisses whoa, 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 I kind whoa, of, we just moving hey, on wait, hey, come on <laughs> what is this um i i was kind of expecting it to be more like it's sort of a franchise it's more it's like uh, how machete appears in spy kids and then yeah. there's a machete movie like it's more like um francois truffaut just liked reusing this character but you can watch any of these by themselves and they'll stand alone that is not the case definitely not you have to i think you have to watch the short film that we nearly didn't watch yeah well you definitely have to watch the short film yeah but i i think you could pretty easily leave the 400 blows off and you're just, oh, right right yeah. right but i'm saying like the 400 blows is what makes you more en- endearing like what makes the character more endearing to you mm. or at least it did for me yeah i wasn't super endeared to him anyway <laughs> 
Uh, I watched the first 30 minutes of this movie about six weeks ago yeah. um, when I thought that French New Wave was going to win the $1 genre poll. For those that don't know, I have a little side hustle called $1 Genre where I make a short film based on a different genre. But they have been um, good since this first one. <laughs> voted on uh, by a Patreon. Um, and French New Wave was was looking to win the the month that we're currently mm. in until it was pipped at the post uh, by public domain. And so I got too tired watching this movie. I watched 30 minutes of it and then turned it off because I needed to go to sleep and then, like, never watched the rest of it because French New Wave didn't win the poll. And I was like, well, I don't need to see the influence now. Yeah. Um, and I stopped watching it just after Antoine spies his mum kissing another guy in the street. Um, and boy, did I think that was going to be a more prominent plot point. <laughs> I thought that was like the inciting incident. And the movie was like, what's the 400 Blows about? It's about a young boy who learns his mother is He's been uh, giving being unfaithful. 400 blowjobs yeah well maybe who knows um it is so not about that it's it's just it's like a drop in the bucket of what the movie is about which is just about this kid with this sort of messed up life um that he continually fails to resolve and understand and then he escapes the um the the like essentially juvie that he gets put in by his parents he escapes and makes it to an ocean where Mm. he can't go anywhere and it's sort of it's very French, you know. It's very like well, there's the the famous final shot of the film, which yeah, is yeah. he he's running. He's he's always wanted to see the ocean. Gets to the ocean, and he turns around, and the camera freezes, and then like I guess not digitally, but digitally <laughs> zooms in on his face, um, mm. where he has this kind of blank expression, and it's kind of supposed to be like a you project whatever you're feeling onto him it's like you don't actually know how he's feeling is he happy he's finally made it out is he disappointed by what the ocean has been um yada yada and yeah it's interesting because it's it's there's there's a few like editing issues i noticed across all these five films um Mm -hmm. none like super specific to bring up but just that like when you've worked as an editor you can't you notice little editing mm-hmm. quirks and yeah it's, it's it's a real it's a really weirdly edited thing that it's like just this freeze run that just comes out of nowhere and then this really clunky zoom in done in post mm. and yeah to know that that's considered one of the greatest film endings of all time is like <laughs> probably revolutionary at the time but it's you know mm. like i watched this I, I re-watched it after this but cinefix which is a great youtube channel which does like the top five shots of all time and Mm. but what what their video is doing is like okay well what's the best wide shot of all time what's the best extreme close-up of all time they'll go through each and it's it's a fantastic youtube channel their lists are amazing and and you'll be introduced to lots of like french new wave type films that you've never heard of but the best ending of all time number two is uh, a freeze frame ending and they they don't even explain what a freeze frame ending is they don't even give any honorable mentions they just go how could it be anything other than the 400 blows right and you disagree oh i'm just like i don't know i, I mean i prisoner of azkaban's got a pretty good one uh <laughs> <laughs> no i don't know i just it, it's i don't know i mean i guess i'm still thinking about it i'm still trying to decipher it but it's 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 so jarring and it's such a like odd choice because it's a very quick zoom in as well so like 
I read a interpretation online when I was researching and it was written like it wasn't an interpretation. It was written like this is just what the ending is. Mm. Um, It's supposed to be that he's been caught. No. That like you are are the truancy officer or whoever. Right. No, I don't like that. Um, No. Um, I got a question for you though. And this is something that I've been asking since last month. Mm. What is French New Wave? Can you describe so, it? To no, me? this because is this is the no thing. One... This is the thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, you were about to talk. You can... Well, it's just no one really explained it to me. The Wikipedia page doesn't have like a like a basic mm. rundown of it. I've I've since researched what it is, but I'm interested to see if like if you can explain it. To well, me. see, see, this is like this is not what I thought French New Wave was. Like, right. Um, um, the 400 blows more than the other ones but it's like the other ones are like these are just movies they just happen yeah, to be yeah. in french there's nothing yeah yeah, yeah. like yeah but i i was expecting a real you know like takes a long drag of a cigarette there's like a, a red balloon that's in color even though the rest of the movie's in black looks off into the distance yeah yeah the the, the example i think of is that scene in 500 days of summer where it mm. where it does essentially a parody of French New Wave, and he's like, you know, like he's playing chess with someone on the beach, and yeah. then he's like suffering so much suffering, like that's what I thought. French yeah, or New like Wave was. yeah, yeah. When I think of I think of like Anshan Andalau, um, mm. an Andalusian dog, the movie with the razor blade across the eye, which I don't even think is a free. Uh, uh, um, but then it's just like, oh, this is just a movie about, you know, could be about anything. So my, uh, what I've discovered from looking into this and being, and sort of like not really ever thinking about French New Wave and then suddenly have it thrust upon me before it was quickly ripped away um, in favor of a different (laughs) genre, um, is that it's not really a genre. And I've realized now that if we had gotten French New Wave for $1 genre, what I would have, was actually being asked to make was more like a parody of, yeah of french new wave because what you what you're thinking of when you think of it as a genre that's just what movies look like and they happened during the french new wave because what according to a video i watched last night what the french new wave actually is considered to like what it what people say it like brought into the fold um among other things was a um the idea of the auteur director because before this films were held up like marketed on their actors and their production or their producers or their production companies so the i think that the the biggest signpost of french new wave is a strong directorial voice which i would hope all my films (laughs) have and it it doesn't have to be black and white or french i guess it has to be french because it's french new wave but like like wiz anderson is what you would call a right, French yeah. New Wave inspired direct, like, but like at the same time, like, so is Christopher Nolan. Anyone, it's it auteur is basically mm. before the Four Hundred Blows. The like films were like they were big, wide, like big, wide open shots where it was essentially plays yeah. being filmed and stuff like the Four Hundred Blows and like Agnes Varda and stuff. They. Uh, like Cleo from five to seven or mm. breathless or other ones I've seen thrown around. These are movies in which it was believed philosophically that the director should be communicating a message from their soul. And that is just most like big yeah. films now. And so, yeah, it's, it's, 
it wasn't what I expected to say. I was because I, I was looking for like what are some tropes of French New mm. Wave? What are some elements and conventions when you do uh, genre studies in high school? That's what they they mm. name the elements and conventions. And it's like this is this doesn't have any. It's not a genre. It is in its name a wave. It's a, yeah. It's a trend. That's good because I I didn't support that uh, that wave of um, <laughs> votes on your one dollar genre Patreon mm. and. Yeah, I'm glad it didn't win. So, also sorry, um, Enchelm and the Lao is a French film. It's Salvador Dali. So, ah, yeah. oh, nice. That's probably not French New Wave, but yeah, it's, it's thirty years before. But that's the, <laughs> the idea. I I said before, I'm not sure if it's French, and I just wanted to a little correction before Confirm. anyone's like, "Hey, you dumb cunt." No, they'll be like, this film is, uh, how you say, obviously French. <laughs> um, we talk about titles a lot on this podcast, Richard. And The 400 Blows is a particularly interesting title because why the fuck is it called that? Mm. <laughs> it doesn't come up. There's a bit where they're blowing um, spitballs from a window. <laughs> and, I and I was like, <laughs> I was like, is this, it? Is this why? Like, are they going to blow 400 of these? Um, but you've got, well, I, something happened between us this week about titles that I think you would like to share. Well, so you've uh, been on because like... Because I didn't think anything of it, and then you were like, I need to talk about this. <laughs> so, I mean, I looked up, you know, you get a film called The 400 Blows. and I, I, I've, I looked this up years ago. Why is it called, you know, why is it called The 400 Blows? And it's, I mean, like, kind of like we spoke about last week. I mean, it's it's a literal translation of the French title, but it doesn't actually really keep the meaning. The French uh, colloquialism is to like to raise hell. I sort of interpret it to mean like, like we with the uh, in the same way that the Scorch Trials could be called the four hundred that this <laughs> the Scorch Tribulations. This could be called yeah. the four hundred Trials and Tribulations. It's just like yeah, but so so the 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 French title is. Fale quatre cents coup, which, uh, as you say, means to raise hell. Um, and on one of the first prints in the United States, um, they tried to retitle the film Wild Oats, mm. uh, but they uh, did not like that. I think that's a pretty good title, mm. to be honest. And um, then Royal and literal- Oats, the coming to America, could have been a. Um- <laughs> A play on that yeah 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 um a literal translate like if you were to you know try and keep the meaning of the french expression you would get something more akin to to do the 400 dirty tricks so i guess it's like 400 is a relatively arbitrary number yeah. it's like someone who does a hundred dirty deeds uh, dirty deeds yeah 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 can i can i get your pronunciation of the french child again Fair le quatre cents coup. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, I always love when there's foreign words because you, you you put on an accent, and but I feel like yeah, the pronunciation is never quite there. Thank you so much. <laughs> so what what so anyway, happened? So you, so you were like you went we through a phase this week where you decided, I guess, to make your personality be jokes about googling why it's called the 400 blows like <laughs> i did like two things yeah so you like you, you messaged me about it and then your review for it was like joining the ranks of people um you know what googling, you, why, googling it's why it's called that but the thing you sent me a meme <laughs> of 
Uh, Explain the meme format first. So it's Peter Griffin running towards the camera in a parody <laughs> of North by Northwest with a plane chasing him. Uh, it's yeah. a screenshot from there. And it says, do not Google why it's called the 400 blows. Worst mistake of my life. There's a watermark that says imageflip.com. And yeah. on its own, a pretty funny shitposty meme. Because the, you've, you're familiar, obviously, with the format that do not Google what this dinosaur is called. And it's called like the, it sounds like the N-word, basically. Right, yeah. So be like, do not Google what the dinosaur that lived between these times was called. Worst mistake of my life. Yeah. And it's sort of an exaggerated, yeah. Yeah, but the the thing the thing about this, are you picturing it, listeners? Are you picturing the meme? Yeah, sound out on the Discord. Say send the meme, AJ. And I'll send it to the Discord. We'll send the meme, Richard. I also have access oh, to yeah, it. That's true. But the thing was that I was like, I, I I said yeah, like I've already looked it up, and you were like, oh, have you? And you're like, oh, and I was like, yeah, and, and I was like, yeah, sure, and you said. Oh, I just thought it'd be a cool thing for only one of us to know on the podcast. Which, like, the thing that and I said to you last night that we need to talk about this meme because it's ruined my life is that, like, I I, I haven't stopped thinking about this since Tuesday when you sent me it. Is that, like, this was a genuine attempt to dissuade me from Googling it. <laughs> That's the thing that baffles me. That you were, like, you could have messaged me and said hey, um, don't look it up. I want to reveal it and we'll have a conversation about it. Okay, cool. Which we've done before. We've said, hey, don't Google yeah. this. And that's fine. But Worst like, mistake of my life. <laughs> but the, sending me a meme, which is traditionally used to encourage you to look something, to, to make you do a bit of work to see a dirty word or something like that. And mm. I, I, I just, I haven't stopped thinking of it. I genuinely, it's, I, ask me what i know about the other four films or three and a half films mm. it's fuck all because i've been so distracted for the since tuesday um yeah. thinking about this and you mentioned the other day that you were like i don't think there's been a night in the last week that i haven't been high and i was like, okay that does give me a little <laughs> bit of context because i can understand high aj thinking like oh i i i remember i need to tell richard not to look this up <laughs> oh i there's a funny meme format about not looking stuff up i'll do that but man no, like I this at about 11 a.m <laughs> <laughs> so that that theory's out the window well i wouldn't put it past you do you want to know the truth do you want to know why yeah, I well, sent you that? what i'm guessing is you put so little thought into it and you didn't really care about whether or not i, I looked it up or not <laughs> Which, yes, and I would argue, very French of me. I think that's a very French attitude towards... (laughs) And maybe I should adopt that more and be more sort of like uh, cavalier, which I reckon's probably a French word um, about what does or does not get looked up by you for episodes I'm emceeing. Yeah, man, like, I was just like, I was going to message you. I looked up why I was called that. I was going to message you and be like, hey, don't look it up because... Uh, it'll be cool to talk about. And then I was like, oh, there's that meme. And Richard loves Peter Griffin. Oh, my God. I'll just do that instead. I was trying to make you happy and I ruined your life. It to me a lot. Yeah, just like, because I didn't think about it at all. I was like, oh, this is AJ's joke today, is talking about Googling the 400 blows and why it's called yeah. that. But then yeah. to find out like six hours later that you didn't want me to look it up, 
that's what that it, oh my god i haven't eaten i haven't slept <laughs> <laughs> um so according to imdb um you know that scene where uh antoine is being interviewed at the like the center he gets mm. sent to and they're like um do are you a liar your, your parents say that you lie a lot and he's like oh sure i lie sometimes mm. but people don't believe me and then they're like have you had sex with a woman and he's like no but so i know some people who have and i once was introduced to a sex worker who uh what you know was in, into guys my age it's a real weird question yeah. um that's all true. That's not. That's Jean Pierre Lord uh, being interviewed for a screen test for his audition for the Four Hundred Blows, wow. uh, with Francois Truffaut's voice edited out of it and a female voice put in it, which is it's like, oh, cool. And then you remember what he's talking about, and you're like, ah, <laughs> oh, that's kind of grim that yeah. they used that. <laughs> Do not Google behind the scenes of that scene. <laughs> Worst, mistake Worst mistake of my, mistake my life. Of my life. Yeah. Uh, so before we move on, we sometimes forget to do this segment. And I think there's never been a podcast or a film franchise Fortnite's episode more asking of this question. And that question is Franchise. Like, why no. would you. Francoise. Francoise. Frenchwise. No, no, no. <laughs> Frenchwise. French, French fries. <laughs> um, why, why would you make a sequel to this, let alone a whole bunch? Yeah. Like, so, it's crazy. Like, especially because the, the ending, that yeah. famous ending, mm. it's one of these endings where it's like, if you expand on this, you ruin the mystique. Mm. Like, we talked before, about this before, about like how, like, if you if the the you know many many failed Casablanca sequels that have tried to yeah. exist throughout the years, like they would ruin the like richness and ambiguity. It's like it's like if there was an in, a sequel to Inception mm. where it confirmed which if if the top fell over or not. It's like no no no. Yeah, the, or like a sequel to Blade Runner, which yeah okay, which fucking yeah. nails <laughs> the ambiguity. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> what well, that's what I would say. Like it it, it nails it. Like but. But, you know, more often than not, sequels to movies with ambiguous endings uh, don't work. I'd say Blade Runner 2049 and the Watchmen TV show are only, the only mm. two examples I can think of where, like, following up... And even Watchmen, I think, actually, like, weakens the... I like it a lot, and I think it, it the show itself has a great ending, but mm. the way it deals with the ending of the comic book, I think, weakens the comic book's ending. Wow. Um, but, yeah, this is one of these examples where it has such a, yeah. a impactful, powerful from, thing. From what I understand, uh, this is semi-autobiographical, and Correct. Wikipedia says, like, on the Wikipedia page for the character of Anton Doinal. He, it says, Doinal is to a great extent an alter ego for Truffaut. They share many of the same childhood experiences, look somewhat alike, and are even mistaken for one another on the street. It's like, mm, that's not true. And they looked at what he looks like and damn, he looks exactly like Doin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but oh, Francois Doinal. But it's also like, the fictional character of Antoine Duanel can't be recognized on the street. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah, which is because, yeah, I was like, what is wrong with that sentence that makes me think it's weird? It's that. But um, hmm. yeah, that it's this somewhat autobiographical thing. And then because when was Love at 20? That was only like a couple of years later, right? 1962. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was the one that's like, I imagine he was asked, hey, do you want to contribute to this thing? And, you know, essentially just being like, oh, hey, this character I made that's kind of based on me. Well, like thinking about, okay, what do I think about love at 20? 
oh well this thing happened to me and while i've already created a character who's autobiographical i'll use him again i liked working with that actor it'd be fun to see him mm. growing up growing up and then you know once you got two under your belt it's so easy to do more and more yeah. but i feel like the i mean unless you have the answer you're telling me i'm wrong but no you've actually speculated almost exactly the correct answer yeah the, i just feel like the the his appearance in antoine and colette would be mm. more or less like mm. you know not not very well thought out and then once you've got there it's like well you know now let's go mm. from here yeah so in his book truffaut on truffaut truffaut said uh for my part the french episode so the episode of that's the mm. first episode of or the first story in yeah. love at 20 uh the french episode gave me the occasion to realize a project i hadn't dared to launch on my own a short sequel to my first film the 400 blows in which we would meet up with a young antoine duanel three years later having his first sentimental adventure one that would illustrate the moral you risk losing everything by wanting it too much oh oh story of my french little life richard Mm. do you know how badly i want this podcast to be listened to by thousands of people Mm. i want it too much and you know i i hazard to bring this up because i'm worried about this becoming part of my personality but um Uh, but don't google why it's called (laughs) (laughs) um so i in the past two years or year and a half since i've been making my own trying to make my own stuff and like i didn't do this this wasn't something i intended to happen but like i've kind of found my directorial voice a lot more than i was expecting to and like what started as a, as a project on the side to be creative ended up being something that like i found a lot of myself in and like learned a lot about myself mm. right and fuck i relate to this idea of being like i really want to revisit this thing i made but not not in my case but in, in Truffaut's mm. case like this influential movie that everyone's like this is one of the best movies ever made and wanting to revisit that but but not wanting to ruin the mystique and a short film sequel is the perfect way to do that yeah. because it's not you can you know you can just be like oh it's just a it's just, it's just a, better fun it's just, it's just good for a film. giggle it's just good for a giggle and um, like I've I read a review I think on Letterboxd for Love on the Run or one of them that talked about how like the sequels are all inferior and he and it said like if he'd stopped after Antoine and Colette, it would just be this like weird little anomaly in his filmography mm. that like oh did you know you know yeah. did you know that there's actually a short sequel to the Four Hundred Blows and I yeah I thought like podcast a bit shorter yeah that's true um I really liked. Antoine and Colette uh, from 1962, also directed by Francois Truffaut, um, and I think it's the better. I think it's better than. I mean, it's different. It's it's a different yeah. medium, so it's hard to compare mm. it. But I probably preferred this to um, the 400 Blows. What do you think it has on Rotten Tomatoes? It does it have its own score? It does not have its own score. It's it, it has a, a page, but no Rotten Tomatoes oh. score. Um, apparently, Love at 20. Um, the French one, so Antoine and Colette, and the well, the last one, which I think is Japanese. No, uh, maybe. Apparently, the first one and the last one are like apparently the only ones worth watching, right. like or or at least those are the the standouts. Um, I think that's such a cool idea for a film, and I actually want to go and watch it properly. There's a bunch of films like that. Okay, never mind then. Um, <laughs> what is Antoine and Colette about? It's what thirty minutes long. Yeah, uh, Antoine 
sees this girl at a play, thinks she's hot, so he stalks her and then she friend zones him. And man, what did you what did you think of it? Man, look, we've all been there. <laughs> no, again, I just I guess like I was read I've read a lot of like for a character I didn't know existed two months ago, mm. I've I've learned a lot about young Antoine and the yeah. the influence and like people saying like god Timothy Charlemagne owes his fucking career to uh Jean what's his name Jean-Pierre Lourdes like like this it, he's such a Timothy Charlemagne character especially mm. in this one and yeah. again in the same way that like the 400 blows is about a surprisingly pertinent subject matter like fuck this is like a movie from 1962 eloquently and in an enlightened way tells a story about quote-unquote friend zoning in which Mm. it criticizes the male character for his behavior Mm. which is something movies didn't do again for 50 years like we Mm. you know like like i thought that was so interesting that we had i'm not necessarily feminist but like a sympathetic to the the pursued woman look at this sort of thing because Antoine looks like a fucking fool in this movie I think like it's not at all very like um uh you know like 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 it like Truffaut said it's about wanting something losing everything by wanting it too much and um there's a moment at the start it's got a narration um which is the only one that has a narration and there's a moment at the start where he's he's like says goodbye to Colette and as he walks away it says something like Colette um only thought of him as a friend Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Which Antoine was was either unaware of or in denial about. It's just something like that. And then, um, uh, the, yeah, the whole movie is just basically him uh, calling her up and her very clearly not wanting to like over and you know she could be a bit more tactful about it sometimes like at one point <laughs> he's like oh shall i come over we're, well you, we were gonna meet at this movie where were you and she's like oh me and my friends stayed up till 5 a.m getting drunk and he's like oh well do you want to meet up today and she's like yeah come over i might be there but i'm gonna meet up with my friends again and then he goes and she's not there god richard that's so close to several things that have happened to me yeah um, i was gonna <laughs> say i'm glad you said that because like Without sounding like a dick, I I I like this one probably not as much as you. I think part of that is I think you probably found this a little more relatable than I did. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> the, the this series starts out as I oh, am Antoine Dornel. No, 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 but in, in like oh, that's cool. I kind of I kind of get this character. I understand it. And then by like the end of Stolen Kisses, I'm like, oh my god, I'm Antoine Dornel. Like I'm just, <laughs> I'm a I'm an He's archetype. Literally me. That, but in a bad way. Like I'm an archetype <laughs> that has been criticized, Richard, since 1959. People <laughs> have been making fun of dudes like I me. I've been a punchline <laughs> for 60 years before I was born. <laughs> <laughs> um so like i i thought i just thought it was so interesting to see a film like again with such such modern ideas and like 
um there's a bit where the the ending of this film is like and like he moves across the street from her trying to be you know uh trying to get closer to her mm. he befriends her parents and like i don't know if i've befriended a crush's parents before but i've certainly like made friends Tried with, to. <laughs> no i don't think i have but i i think and i can't i can't think of a specific example it just sounds like something i've done i've like become friends with their friends as a way to to try and get them to feel like they are more closer to me than they really want to be or something like that. I, haven't, I haven't done this in a long time but it's it's something that yeah, it's been a that, couple of weeks it's been a couple of weeks <laughs> um and I've been, that, I've been busy with uh with shooting this month's one dollar genre so i've been able to do this for a while yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i i like it ends with um he goes around to her house and her parents are so happy to, to see him and then he's like should we go out and she's like no I've got plans. And he's like, what are your plans? He's like, I'm not telling, which is like, God, when you like someone and they have plans and they don't tell you what it is, God. Um, And then a guy comes over named Albert and she goes out with him and it ends with uh, Antoine Donnell watching TV with this crush's parents who like him. And it's so fucking relatable, Richard. It's so like... See, it's right, because I I, I didn't really like this one because I thought it was so unrealistic. (laughs) I've just... I have been the guy who has gone, like, a couple extra lengths because I've liked someone and, in essence, ended up watching TV with their parents. Like, I've been... I've been Albert. Yeah, I'm sure you have. All right, buddy, we get it. Like, I don't know. It's so. It, I just found it so profound to me to, to see such an old movie relay uh, some of the worst experiences of my life back to me. Um, so yeah. I really liked it. But but yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it was good. I, I mean, I also think that it's like yeah, just by virtue of being 30 minutes, it's like I mean, although I do love a short runtime, and true. I found that the the other the remaining three hard to get through because of timing yeah 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 well um stolen kisses came out in 1968 uh guess who was directed by rich was directed by francois truffaut oh, jean-luc godard what do you th- <laughs> what do you think this has on rod tomatoes uh like 70 percent no it's pretty high man it's got 97 percent on rod tomatoes oh, wow. quite like all five of these films are in the criterion collection um, yeah which is you know, maybe not uh, the most. Yeah, so is the rock. <laughs> um, what is Stolen Kisses about? He first meets and starts his relationship with the would-be love of his life, or who is featured in the next two films. Christine? Oh, Christine. And yes, he starts off in the army, which is sort of, I guess, continuation from The 400 Blows, but then he's not really like, in that and Antoine and Colette, so hmm. well, and Antoine and Colette, it says he was collected again by the same people he ran away from, and then now lives right. a solitary life as a seventeen-year-old. And this is when he's uh, twenty, what nineteen, twenty? Um, yeah. And- oh, yeah, and he's like a private detective and stuff. This one, this one lost me a bit. A bit this <laughs> so yeah, I I'm not sure how I feel about following up this understated film about the failures of society treating our children with like, and now he's a private detective. Like <laughs> yeah, it was like yeah. it's it's all right on its own. And again, if you hadn't seen, if this was just a standalone movie, I don't think it's it's necessarily that bad. The the joke is that he uh can't keep a job he can't keep like he keeps mm. screwing up jobs and then a private detective um 
he has a run-in with a private detective who hire, who gets him to get hired by his agency. He does a, He's really bad at it, and he does a few jobs. Um, one of which is where he is uh, a, a guy comes to the agency and says, "I'm successful. I'm married. I have a pretty good life, but no one and likes I'm new me. in town. <laughs> but no one likes me, and I want you to figure out why." And so um, Antoine becomes like a worker at his uh, shoe store to try and work out why people don't like him and ends up starting sort of like a sordid affair with his, uh, with the, the client's wife, um, which I'll say it, Richard, very sexy, very mm. sexy, very, very sexy. He I stole a, those kisses right off her lips. I had what the French call a bonheur watching. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's sort of like about that. And then, um, oh God, I loved the ending to this film. I think the ending is like one of my favorite moments in the franchise and why like this is like my last stop for necessarily going all out in my praise for these films. Right, yeah. So throughout the movie, um, it's sort of like the movie is like Christine is kind of unsure about him and then he tries to go after this other woman and it gets kind of weird and while this is happening you keep seeing this mysterious guy like watching Christine and you think because it's a private detective movie that oh he must be a private detective hired to like stalk her or whatever mm. and at the ending of the film he realizes that is you know Christine is who he really wants to be with and so they they get together um and then they're sitting in a at a in a park and this man is standing across from them and and she's like that guy's been following me and he approaches them and you're like oh shit what's gonna what's he gonna do and this guy talks directly to christine doesn't even acknowledge antoine and basically says i have been watching you from afar for a while i am in love with you and you deserve a proper man you i will devote my life to you i will you know i will give you the life you deserve you'll never have to lift a finger and you were like god i've been that guy i've been that guy richard but in a in in a twist of of even like i've never seen something this this relatable because me being like i've been that guy and antoine and, and colette that happens to yeah. Antoine. Like, <laughs> the movie basically ends with, like, a Black Mirror version of himself because yeah. then he leaves and Antoine and, and um, Christine leave and Christine is like, God, what a weird dude. And, like, this dude has poured his heart and soul out. To, to this dude, this is, like, 100% of what his life is about. And to, This is his AJ moment. Yeah, and to Christine, she's just like, that was weird. Um, I once heard a story from a friend um, who said that, like, uh, she was getting married and the night before her wedding her like best guy friend was like hey i'm in love with you don't marry him marry me instead and f- and for him this was like the super brave moment where he was just you know i can't i can't i'll never be able to forgive myself if i don't shoot my shot like i've got to try at least try to her it was like what the fuck like you know <laughs> and this is that moment where like to <laughs> antoine is, is basically it basically ends with antoine being like oh my god I'm exactly like him. He is literally me. And it's the most it's the most self-reflective the character gets. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I like god, I it just like to to have again to have gone through so far and been like, "Oh my god, I'm so this guy." And then the next movie <laughs> end with the main character going, "Oh my god, I'm so this guy." <laughs> Transformative. Something only the French can can pull yeah. off. <laughs> um what did you think of it outside of all that though? Did you did you think it was 
Did you like it? It sounds like you didn't really like it that much. No, this one the, to, to me was kind of the messiest one. Um, okay. And I think I felt like, yeah, it was just a lot more going on, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I guess also just when I watched it as well. Like, you know, it's a, it's, it's a funny thing when you're so used to watching movies like half distracted and then you're watching a film, you pull out your phone and then go, oh they're speaking french yeah. i have to actively read the subtitles <laughs> yeah, that um well. that it's like yeah no you do actually have to pay more attention than you're normal and then also the plot of this one being a bit more convoluted than the other four as well i found it mm. um mm. a real uh brain twisted uh, <laughs> to keep up with but yeah no i mean I, I, I this is when the series firmly establishes itself as being like this is about the guy's love life now. Yeah, yeah, um, right. And I think yeah. that there was, I don't know, there's just something about the franchise that, and for a long time as well, I guess I was trying to work out, like, what is new about, like, what's what's new being said about love in these films? Mm. And I guess, yeah, there there's the whole thing of, like, wanting something too much and stuff, but we do sort of get repeated beats throughout the next yeah from this film and, and the next two that's you know you get a, a, an incredibly flawed character who you're like god just fucking totally. don't be so flawed totally <laughs> and like so the next film we, which we can move on to now bed and board from 1970 um what do you think this has on on tomatoes 75 76 i'm so sorry that's technically incorrect but, um, the best kind of incorrect. Yeah, if Rotten Tomatoes was, ra- it would rate it as incorrect, even though it was so close to correct, because Rotten <laughs> Tomatoes is a binary. Yeah. So what you just said, it, I think, I think it came full force in this because mm. we'll talk about what it's about in a second. But this is a movie where, like, we've we've talked a couple of times about like one of my least favorite things in a movie is when a main character is like unfaithful when they cheat mm. on their partner. Because to me, not to try and make myself sound like the best dude ever but to me that's like so such an an ugly unlikable thing to do that like i find it really hard to invest in characters when they do it right yeah uh antoine duanel multiple times across these movies uh cheats on his partner including in this one and but this time it kind of made me like reconsider this this bias I have <laughs> because like, he's been so literally you up until this point that you're like, fuck, I'd probably do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, that's kind of what I'm saying. I'm more saying like knowing so much about this character by this point, it's not like I turned on a random like Netflix comedy that's about like a wacky infidelity. It's like no, yeah, no, it's just I like this is about love when you hit thirty. <laughs> <laughs> I like I've seen I've now seen. The, like the the history of this character and how he's you know was not raised with positive role models and how he's like so clearly searching for something that he doesn't really mm. know and like i kind of reveled in how this movie is basically a movie about a guy who's just a bit of a dumb slut and it wrecks mm. his life it like ruins his life by the end um but what what is it about do you want to give us a quick pricey of the plot is that a french word i bet that's french uh, uh how you say pricey synopsis synopsis of the film yeah so in this film uh antoine uh and he's they're married now and they for, for work he like colors carnations yeah. um 
and the cells, you know, colourful things. But um, like flowers. Yeah. We also hear a bit of Antoine speaking uh, uh, English in this film, and yeah. boy, is his accent hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, no, he, he, they have a a baby. And then he meets who they named Julaine after Julaine Maxwell. Uh, well, they, named, they try to name. She Jane. tries to, and he yeah. he goes to register and calls him Alphonse instead. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, he meets this Japanese woman and then starts having to fear. Christine finds out about it and they... Cult- culturally appropriates <laughs> Japanese culture to get back at them. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He enters this house and she's dressed as like a geisha and and as a way on, to be like, yeah. I know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and it's like, yeah. I, I mean, it, it kind of evens out their... Um, the, you know their their flaws. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. well, okay, I've cheated, but like, that's <laughs> this is not iffy. cool. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. then he it flashes forward at the end. So she, yeah, they, they they split up, but it flashes forward at the end, and it's implied that she's now taking him or is ready to take him back because yeah. he just won't leave her alone. Well, so what I, what I love, because it got to the point where we cheated on her and I was like, Antoine, no, buddy, don't do <laughs> we this. We don't do this. Antoine, no. Um, and uh, what I loved is like, he's he's, he's in love with this, this. So he he gets a new job where he works for like this uh, business run by an american guy and his job is to remote control boats around like a model harbor um mm. it's real specific and strange all his jobs in this series are real specific and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and and during a like trip to paris um he meets uh this this japanese woman who's accompanying this japanese businessman and she immediately like comes on to him and he he gives in and then after um, Christine finds out and he's kicked out of the house, he has no choice but to to keep hanging out with this woman. And there's this montage of him like getting really restless, eating foods, like sitting cross-legged on the floor and all this sort of thing. And then they go to go to dinner together and he keeps sneaking off to call Christine to be like, Christine, I cannot stand this woman. She is so <laughs> boring. She keeps ordering more food and we have nothing to talk about. And I was just like, this is great. Like this is this is um this is like the story it's telling is this is kind of like well you know you kind of reap what you sow buddy and like yeah. we're You're talking wild about wild oats like like, like a, a it's the the four hundred blows provides this context that he's like oh maybe he didn't have the best upbringing or influences but I feel like this film is it it like puts it also it says like you get to an age where you have to take responsibility for some of these things as mm. well. And he's writing a novel throughout this one. And the one of the final scenes of the film, when he's, he's walking Christine to her car, um, she's like, I'm not going to read your novel because I don't want to read about me. And she's like, and I also think you're too harsh to your parents. And she says something like, um, do you remember the line? It's like, it's not art if it's, let me look it up. I don't like this business of writing about your childhood, dragging your parents through the mud. I don't know much, but one thing I do know, if you use art to settle accounts, it's no longer art. And it's like, fuck, this is like Truffaut, man. Like, this is him grappling with his own, like, life. It's great. And you're like, fuck, I hate that with Romantic Getaway. (laughs) (laughs) I like this thread. This thread of, like, I've never really compared myself to him, but you're like, this thread is AJ compares himself to Truffaut. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, you're you're Doinal. You're not Truffaut. Yeah. Um, You're not Truffaut. In in that same scene, 
I and I thought this should have been the last scene of the film, and I was kind of bummed out it wasn't. Um, but in that same scene, he she gets into like she's basically like, I don't want to see you anymore. Um, she says, um, uh, "Do what you have to do, but let me be. I'm not proud and never have been, so I can tell you, I still love you, but I'd rather not see you anymore." Um, and she gets into a car, and he says to her, "You're my sister. You're my daughter. You're my mother." And she says, "I would have liked to be your wife." And I was like, "God, that's." such good dialogue it's i've said that dialogue. to women no not at all but just just like <laughs> like it's it he's saying like even and this comes up a lot is like antoine like is constantly needing mothering and needing people mm. to, to do things for him and every all the women all the women in his life are like you fucking man child i don't i'm not yeah. supposed to be this person for you and god it I just I I'm not necessarily like relating to these things completely but it's like there's just so much echoes of truth in all of these films that I don't know it just that really struck a chord more than I real like we so peek behind the curtain as we so often give you guys we <laughs> went into this episode and I said to Richard I don't I barely wrote anything down like I, there's there's not a lot of stuff to talk about um and for the sequels anyway and while talking to you about these Richard I'm realizing that, like, I am actually quite a lot more emotionally attached to these stories that and this character than I thought I was. Um, so that's always fun, a fun thing to discuss <laughs> about yourself. Even you any more thoughts yeah. on bed and board? Uh, more like bed and board. I I kind of wondered if it was if that's intentional. If it's called bed and board to be like you know bed as in sex and bored as in bored of sex like bored of the, yeah, your, yeah. your wife i wonder if that's intentional or, or if- in french domicile how you say conjugal domicile conjugal what a great title mm. um cool well the final film in the antoine duanel series richard for now <laughs> came out in 1979 there's still time um was called love on the run what do you think this has on ron tomatoes 58%. Let me let me tell you how much this has on Ron Tomatoes with a sound effect. Boo! Was that the funny? sound effect didn't wasn't really picked up by Zoom. Oh, sorry. Um <laughs> this is yeah, this is like, well, <laughs> you know, on a on a relatively hot streak, all these movies are like at least well crafted, and then this one I thought was so average um let me read you my my letterboxed review for it if you'll indulge me for the 50th time on this episode Um, (laughs) i've done nothing but indulge aj let me indulge myself for once please (laughs) jesus christ uh my review for this film was uh if nothing else ruining your relatively consistent franchise on the final film is very antoine duanel like it Mm. is very much like you know you're going well he wanted it too much he wanted it too much and like that's pretty true of the behind the scenes of the film as well but what is uh love on the run about and why it's a clip show by 58 percent of critics so yeah it is a clip show but the uh like this features heavily things from the last four films but it has um antoine's book of his autobiography well semi-autobiography has just been released and so that's kind of bookending and that's the reason for all the flashbacks uh christine and his wife uh, it's his wife christine Mm. and him have um gotten divorced yeah and yeah he 
he becomes obsessed with a new girl, essentially, this girl that works at a record store. And so he stalks her now and then... But um, not for before stalking uh, Colette, who re- returns in this film yeah. after only... Ca- uh, she had a cameo in Stolen Kisses. Um, yeah. And yeah, so, yeah, and then there's a, there's a scene which I really enjoy of just, like, Christine and Colette just being like... Yeah. This guy's so weird. <laughs> this guy's so weird, right? Um, yeah. No, exactly. It's great. And um, then he, he, at the end of the film, he reveals to Sabine, who's the new girl, um, that he stalked her and she's yeah. like, oh, <laughs> oh my God. You're so That's dreamy. so French. She loves it. Um, so, the yeah. So, I know I just said I, I really liked that part of it, but like this movie is like, I read somewhere it's 30% material from the previous four films, including the mm. short film that I, you know, how many yeah. people maybe maybe it was really popular but it seems like it's kind of like a hidden story in the whole yeah. franchise and it's not just like flashes like it just plays the greatest hits like it plays full mm. like that whole scene from bed and board that i just praised where she where um christine says i would have liked to be your wife that whole conversation yeah is in, is which repeated. tell you what was great for uh you know Keep, keep me up to date and keep yeah, getting right. me refreshed we, for the podcast. Yeah, if only every final film in a franchise just reminded us of what had yeah, happened in the yeah, first of few the films. of the talking points. For, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the film yeah. franchise fortnights. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. So there's a bit in this where um, he's talking to Colette and he's telling her about this novel he's writing about a guy who is eavesdropping on an, a dude yelling at someone on a um, payphone and then he rips up a photo and then leaves and then the main character puts the photo back together and it's this beautiful woman that he falls instantly in love with. She's gorgeous. And I was like, this is cool. I wish this was what the movie was. And then, of course, it turns out that it's actually a true story and that, that there's, this is Sabine. And yeah, man, yeah. she is gorgeous. She's played by someone who only goes by Dorothy. And I, you know... She's a musician. I, I looked her up. Because I was like, this woman is so beautiful. I want to look at pictures of her. <laughs> I thought she was so gorgeous. Um, what did you think of this film? Because I thought it was a bit of a letdown. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, like, like, I genuinely, I did like that it reminded me of the greatest hits. And <laughs> I, I, I think more than anything, I really liked bringing Christine and Colette together. Mm. Well, that I agree, and I yeah. think that, um, that was like, oh, cool. This is why this film exists. I really like the idea of someone in a sequel writing a novel based on the experiences of the previous films and then having the woman he wrote about read it and be like, you fucking slime ball. That's not how it happened. And like, I don't know, it's something I think about. Like, you know, like people talk about like when you get to heaven and you see like the stats of your life, like how many Mm. shits I took or whatever, or or who who had a crush on me that I never knew about. Like I've kind of fantasized, I think sometimes about like the woman who have affected me most in my life, reading my like honest thoughts on them or, or, you Mm. you know, like, like I think it it, it was kind of what, this is a very self-indulgent movie, but that's, that's one area Mm. where I think that's self-indulgence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the one area where I think the self-indulgence like really worked. Yeah. Um I also think that like finding a picture of a beautiful girl and then mm. door knocking across all of Paris is such an AJ thing to do. <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> AJ from five years ago. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> cynical old AJ would do that now. Um the weirdest part of the clip show format is when it will wreck because so so to 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 explain better like it'll be he'll be like ah, oh, it's like family guy he'll be like oh, i remember the time that i did this i remember and, the time and this was like the time i googled the 400 blows and it cuts to him like being chased <laughs> by a blind. 
<laughs> um, the weirdest part about it though is when it'll randomly flash to a scene that isn't from a previous Antoine Duanel film like there's this funny mm, scene where yeah, his yeah. like son is like being smart to him and that's just a fresh new scene made for this movie like it's not mm. you know it's it, but it's treated as if it was just another one of these some of which are in black and white by the way and one of them is from Stolen Kisses but is black and white in the movie for some reason like <laughs> even though there's clips from Bed and Board that aren't black and white uh there's but there's one bit where there's a flashback to a person you've never heard of um called a woman called lillianne that's not even from an antoine duanel movie it's a clip from day for night another francois truffaut movie which also starred jean-pierre lord and a character named lillianne um fine so it's like using other it's so weird like to be so devoted to this kind of like inherently weaker storytelling device and they'd be like and i love it so much that i'll even do it with a movie that wasn't part of the series mm. uh what did you think of uh colette's story being so fucking miserable out of nowhere she's just like sort of happy-go-lucky the, the whole time and then someone's like what happened to that daughter because you see her with a daughter as in her cameo mm. and stolen kisses and she's like oh she got hit by a car and my my husband left me because we couldn't resolve it together, and it's like fuck. I, I think that you know she got what was coming to her. <laughs> yeah, this is the nastier side of Truffaut coming. I mean, like I think that's what should happen to women who friendzone men. Yeah, that's probably true. You're probably right. Mm. Um, Truffaut's assistant director Suzanne Schiffman thought that the film should either end with Duanel's death or reveal that we are watching a film within a film, and at the end we cut and Jean-Pierre Lourd starts playing himself, revealing that the whole series has been Jean-Pierre Lourd playing himself, um, and, th- and the idea being this would effectively be killing off Duanel in a more philosophical mm. sense, in the sense that he's not a real person. Which is interesting at first until you think about it for a bit long and you go, well, that's just what real life is. <laughs> that's just yeah. what it is. Like, if the plot twist was that you're actually watching a movie, it's like, yeah, I knew I was watching yeah, a movie. That, 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 that's the twist when the credits roll. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like. <laughs> um, but Truffaut himself had serious doubts about Love on the Run. Um, he stated, uh, I'm ter- I'm not terribly happy with the script for- of Love on the Run, which I start shooting in two weeks. He wrote a fi- to film scholar and friend Annette Ischdorf um, and said, the novelty will be having real flashbacks to the other films, but in trying to integrate them smoothly, we've come up with a wishy-washy script that will be very difficult to improve. Obviously, I'm going to do my utmost, but we'll have to give some good scenes to Maureen Fraser Fazier, who played um, Colette, Claude Claude Jade, and who played uh, a uh, Christine, and especially Jean Pierre, and it's not easy. And um, the woman who played uh, Colette later said Francois hated this project very from very early on, but still he went ahead with it. Filming began in the end of May and was finished in early July, but because of the complicated ending that the flashbacks entailed, the movie was not released until. Uh, 1979 so it released uh six months after they had locked cut basically uh Mm. so how like man to to you know you're you're this this director who everyone is like this is one of the best dudes in the business you make this like passionate autobiographical story that's like self-critical and like super interesting Mm. and then you start the final film in the series and you're two weeks before shooting and be like i'm ruining this i'm fucking Mm. this up and i have no choice but to keep going with it Uh, i think that's pretty interesting and again something that i feel like is going to happen to me one day if not already (laughs) 
Yeah, I was I in my head I was like, what's the funniest one dollar genre film to say that you felt this about? Well, probably Mystery Box, the prequel, because true that was like a prequel to one of the better ones, and I don't think it's terrible, but I don't think it lives up to the mm. the charm of the original. And that's a strange <laughs> thing to to look within yourself and see and be like, damn, I did, I made a bad prequel. Wow bad quote unquote yeah it's interesting that talking about like that they obviously planned oh we'll do one with flashbacks and i guess that's a bit of a um there would have been no sort of home video at the time so if you wanted to see any of you know that's true true well, that's, that's initially what before. i thought was the point of mm. the whole series was like no one's seen this on home video so we just mm. do another story but yeah yeah there is a scene i think it's in bed and board where he looks in the in the mirror and, and says Antoine Doinel, Antoine Doinel, like f- fifty times, mm. and I was like, oh, cool, like you know, there's our pronunciation guide. <laughs> uh, did you have anything else you wanted to say about any of these movies, the character Francois? No, when did when did Truffaut die? Um, I don't know. It was 1984. <laughs> oh, okay. In case, yes, but it's it's so it's, it's, it's interesting to hear that they because I mean that that's like oh they you know they would have stopped because he died but they um that they very much sounds like they went into that one knowing it was going to be the last one yeah well I mean they went it was nine years after the previous one and hmm. he didn't for a long time he didn't want to make yeah, yeah. another one anyway well Richard now we're going to move on to a segment called continue the franchise where we pitch continuations to the franchise uh, there's really nothing of note there's no you know extracurricular material with antoine duanel and i'm gonna take the easy one mm. uh jean pierre lord is still alive he looks very different in his 70s mm. to the the handsome young man he was in his 20s and 30s um but you know let's you know what let's uh bring him back for a super bowl commercial campaign I fucking was going to say a Super Bowl commercial. (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) Because we just watched um, Ferris Bueller. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And uh, like the idea of like how they do Super Bowl commercials of like, oh, he's back. But like, yeah, a freeze frame of this like unrecognizable 70 something year old french man a uh, still frame of him on the beach yeah, yeah. and it's like <laughs> tune into the super bowl yeah, <laughs> no, I, th- I think that could count as two separate um, ideas uh, but i don't mm. know i guess like just but, or, still or, being alive. or doing the death of antoine de Mille. yeah yeah i guess i'm just still being alive is, is fascinating and, and mm. i wonder what he thinks of the series now and, and yeah, you know how yeah, it affected yeah. his career be funny to do like the death of Antoine Doinel and he's just on his he's on his deathbed and the whole movie is just like a row of women hmm. coming to his bedside and like airing their grievances with him being like you were so weird dude. <laughs> yeah it's just woman after woman after woman being like yeah I, I was never the same after we dated like I <laughs> you made me a worse person um and that's not to say I didn't try with you because I did yeah uh cool well now we're going to move on to ranked at franchise richard your favorite segment of the show you will oh, not I forgot about this segment. you will not shut up about the segment and sometimes i'll be like sweet we're done and you're like no i want to rank it mm. you go oh i peed my little pants and i want to rank the franchise um so where are you ranking 400 blows i think it should probably go kind of high 
I don't know. I think mm. um, it's it's rare that we see like even though there's like kind of inconsistent stuff in some of the later ones. I I feel that like this is not unfairly compared to Three Colors or Before Trilogy, which we've put mm. quite high up. I reckon um, it's better than the Hunger Games, but not as good as Planet of the Apes. <laughs> where's, where's Hunger Games? Twenty three. Twenty three. Okay, so that so you you think it should be uh, at the new twenty four, new twenty three, the new twenty three. So mm. better than Planet of the Apes. No. Okay, so if I put it in place of the Hunger Games, it becomes twenty three. You're right. Um, so that puts <laughs> it above Hunger Games, below Planet of the Apes, below the Terminator, but below Lord of the Rings. And you know, if it weren't for that last film. God, did I really enjoy Ip Man more than the 400 Blows? I feel like I didn't. But if it weren't for that last film, I think I'd put it up quite a lot higher. Um, mm. But in a, a franchise which is so franchise core, it would be mm. disingenuous to not consider each and every uh, film in the series yeah. as like a um, you know a hefty fraction of its quality, um, which is what we should be doing for all of these. But then you look at where we place Jaws, and it's like, well, clearly we forgot the rules for Jaws because the franchise. Hey, Jaws none of this is, is important. They're hey, Richard, <laughs> um, we now have to do something that is your least favorite section of the show. It's a little. <laughs> it's what the French call franchise roulette, which I believe is a French word. Yeah, franchise Colette. Oh, um, and this is where we have a big list of franchises that we gonna we will one day cover, um, and we draw a random number, and that'll tell us what the franchise is. Richard, I believe it is my turn to make you guess. It is. I did put my phone in the other room though, so I'm gonna generate it on Google. Oh, can we still 76. hear Seventy six. Seventy six. I feel bad when we can't when it's a th- not a th- we can't hear a third party saying yeah. saying the number well it's 76 is the number i don't want you to do um 76 richard 76 is a franchise we have wanted to cover for a while i believe oh wow um it has four films and a remake four films and and a remake. Mm-hmm. So five films title. So presumably the remake came out after the original. Uh, yes, but <laughs> there has since been a continue the franchise post remake that returns to the original continuity. Nice. Um, well, it's, it's not Evil Dead. No, so we covered that several and years this, ago. This continue the franchise is something you have really wanted to watch. Oh, Karate Kid. It's Karate Kid. We got Karate Kid. So tune in next fortnight and we will be discussing the Karate Kid Quintology. Yeah. (laughs) Because both of us have wanted to watch. We're just so fascinated by how good everyone says Cobra Kai Kai is. Yeah, yeah. Um, So maybe we'll watch it and be like, damn, I got to watch Cobra Kai. I think what's more likely is you'll watch one episode and be like, it's pretty good. And then you'll never watch another episode again. And I will be just com- i will completely forget that i liked the series after watching yeah. it and never check it out. there's also a new karate kid coming out next year wow always hustling always making future proofing plans to um to for film franchise follow-ups cool so tune in for that next time and um we'll see you guys there um let's uh let's get out of here if you want to um 
If you want to support Cold Popcher, you can do so by liking us on Twitter and Instagram um, at Cold Popcher. You can also join the Discord, which there'll be a link to in the show notes. Come and tell us how our opinions on Antoine Duanel are so just fucking wrong, and we're bad people for thinking those things. Um, or tell us that we're attractive. Or ask for that <laughs> meme I made. Do. Um, and if you want as well, you can contribute to the Patreon, um, whereas for little as a dollar a month, you can uh, decide every second franchise that we watch. Um, and there's a whole bunch of other stuff. You get two extra exclusive podcasts a month, and you also get to contribute to the post-credit scene, which is coming at you right after this music ends. Richard, au revoir. Au revoir. Au revoir. Au revoir. Arrivederci. Welcome along to the post-credit scene. This is a segment at the end of each episode where if you give us $5 or more over at patreon.com slash you get to give us something to talk about in this, the post-credit scene. Richard, every time I say that, that, that memorized spiel, whenever mm. I say something to talk about, I'm reminded of one of my favorite films of all time called About a Boy, directed by our best friend, Chris Weitz <laughs> and his brother. Because the the artist badly drawn boy did the the original soundtrack for that movie and the the titular song um the chorus goes ooh something to talk about and it just takes me back to how much 166 post credit scenes it took you to mention that i've actually sung it before but i've never brought up why i sang it so benjamin adams asks if one of you had to switch with the worst idea of all time guys who would it be and why this means guy or tim would have to join cop popture and richard or aj would have to join worst idea of all time which combo on which podcast would be the best i think me and guy would be the best because it would keep me on my fucking toes because i cannot match that dude's comedic like Mm. like fast-paced sensibilities whereas i think (laughs) you and richard would similarly sorry you you and sorry tim i mean richard (laughs) you and tim would similarly provide a dynamic that is here's what it is and guy and tim have said this themselves that you're the guy of the podcast and i'm the Mm. tim of the podcast so i'm thinking therefore yeah I think if I was doing a podcast here, but I think I'm too intimidated by Tim to be like... Intimidated? That could be the name of the yeah, podcast. Yeah, that would still the podcast would be called. Richly, in- intimidatingly rich. <laughs> Tim, if you're listening. AJ Guy. <laughs> it um, seems yeah. today that all you see... <laughs>